Coming up, I'm going to teach you how to climb the corporate ladder, but not lose your soul. And then a new economic buzzword, immaculate disinflation. What does it mean? How do we get here? And what does it look like going forward? Let's go. Welcome to the Ken Coleman Show, helping you win in your work life so that you're winning in other areas of your life. So if you're watching or listening to this show, I presume it is because you want to win in your work. You should want to win in your work because I believe you were created to work. Not because you have to, but because you want to. You want to make a difference. We all want to make a difference. We all want to contribute something to this world. And so you're here for that reason. But it it, it is it is something that I don't think we talk about enough, this idea that anytime we are progressing, we are going to be presented with more opportunities to step in a trap. The, you know, you don't find people that step in a lot of traps that aren't doing anything. They don't fall. It's hard to fall when you're not walking. Hard to fall when you're not running. Hard to fall when you're not climbing. So if we are men and women who want to be serious about moving forward, we need to understand this issue, how to climb the ladder, not lose your soul. Now, I think everybody thinks, all right, if I had a chance to make it to the top of the ladder, well, I'd be different. And I'll be different than the people before me. I won't fall for the same thing that they fell. They, I would never be a fill-in-the-blank famous person who fell I would certainly never do anything like fill-in-the-blank famous person. Everybody thinks that will be different. By the way, I've had the same thought. I had a mentor in my life that had an affair, and I remember when Stacey and I started dating, she was she was familiar with that person, and I remember telling her in tears one night, you know, I, I don't ever want to fall in that situation. I just can't. I can't believe that I would but I know that I could. I was able to understand that, you know what, I've got to guard myself or else I'll fall into it as well. None of us are immune to a fall. And so if we're going to withstand the ultimate character test that power, money, opportunity provide, we have to understand that we are not immune. Any of us could fall. So we have some people right now that are watching, you're listening, and you're currently climbing the ladder. And you may not have had the hard conversation. Do I have the character? Do I have the discipline to work and live with integrity as I continue up the ladder? We see it in the news every day. Somebody has worked so hard. They've done what it takes to make it to a certain position, and they lose their groundedness. See, they've just been floating higher and higher and higher, and they're not grounded. And when you are not grounded, you are extremely, you are at an extreme high risk of moral failure. Now, let me just tell you this. On moral failure, let me me just break this down. Uh, This is not limited to drugs or affairs. This could be cutting corners on your taxes. There's a whole lot of people in jail for tax evasion. There's a whole lot of people in jail for fraud. So moral failure isn't just the big, ugly ones that we all talk about. 
alcoholism, drug addiction, cheating on your wife, you know, whatever. It is taking your integrity and putting it behind you and moving forward because making a move without integrity gives you short-term gain. And you're so used to the gain and you're loving it. You get opportunities to do things that you would never have considered before, but now you will. It's also about mental failure. Let's just talk about the mental health situation in this country. People stressed out of their mind, anxious to the point that they can't make it through a day. Uh, The demons, if you will, inside the head, the voices. I call them the enemies of progress, fear, doubt, pride, fear. I'm so consumed and worried that something bad is going to happen. Doubt, I don't believe that anything good can happen. Pride, I care too much about what other people think or say. I care more about that than what I believe. Mental breakdown. People can't handle the stress. I want it, yes, I want it, yes, I want it, yes. You get there, ah, I don't want it. I'm afraid to tell anybody I don't want it. I feel the pressure to take the promotion, the leadership job that I don't want, but I feel like I got to take it. Mental breakdown. Then the physical. The mental can can lead to the physical failure. But if you're just going, 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 and you're working, 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 progressing, 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 and your sleep is being affected, you're eating, you're putting on weight, you're eating junk, and your body begins to break down on you, you can crash physically. You can crash mentally. And you can crash morally. So how do we avoid this? You've got to be aware of the early signs. And sometimes, you know, we're going at it so hard, it's kind of like the horses, uh, these thoroughbreds that run in these horse races. You know, they put blinders on them, right? And the reason they put blinders on the horse is because they only want the horse looking forward. That's the whole point of a blinder. That's all they see. They can't see to the left, can't see to the right. Forward focus. And we get this way and we miss the signs. Signs that there are some deadly traps ahead. So if you want to avoid this, you've got to get educated on the warning signs. Get really aware of where you are tempted. Come on. Where are you tempted? You know your weaknesses. And some people don't. Listen, I'll be very honest with you. Never been tempted one time in my life to take an illegal drug. Doesn't mean I'm better than you. Uh, It just means that's not a temptation for me. It's just not. We all have, but I've got areas... I've got to guard myself in certain areas. I know my weaknesses. i got to be self-aware. And then I've got to guard myself. I've, I've got to guard situations, make sure I've got accountability in places. Come on, folks, we've got to do this. And I just want to mention very quickly a great resource by a friend of mine. It's a book called Ten Signs of a Leadership Crash. You don't have to be in leadership to read it. It's written by Stephen Mansfield. Fabulous little book. And I'm going to highlight two warning signs that he warning signs that he writes about in this book. But I'm gonna but I'm gonna give it to you from my perspective. One of the things he says you that you've got to be careful, a warning of a crash is isolation. Isolating yourself. Now, when you are as a leader or someone who's successful, whether you're in a leadership position or if you are successful, and you're the man, you're the woe man. And everybody around you is a yes person or an enabler, that's a form of isolation. You can be isolated with people around you. And this isolation is the most dangerous because you go, well, I got people around me and they're saying yes. 
I mean, they're enabling this, so they must think it's okay. Well, doesn't mean that they think it's okay. They're just a yes man, a yes woman. They're the most dangerous. They're just friends that are clinging and are benefiting from your success, and you're actually isolated because you have no accountability. No one's willing to look at you and go, um, are you aware that this is happening? This is not okay. Another way you're isolated is, is you don't have true friends. You just have acquaintances. You have no mentors in your life that you can go to and say, I need you to pour into me here. You avoid any confrontation. This is pride, the voice of pride at its finest. You just always want to feel like everything's going great. And so what happens is you become isolated. And when you become isolated, you are the only voice you ever hear. And that's when the temptations and bad decisions happen. When there's no filter at all. There's no filter because you're isolated. Another one, you lose sight of your why. You get caught up in growing and doing and growing and achieving and doing and more, more, more. And and now the focus becomes more, more, more instead of better, better, better. Did you catch that? When it's about more, more, more instead of better, 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 guess what happens? We lose sight of our why and it's all about what? Volume, acquisition. And we lose our soul. When we lose track of why we started, why we did the work, why we show up. So the solution to making sure that you don't lose your why and that you become isolated is stay connected to people and stay connected to your heart. If you do this, you will have guardrails in place. You will guard yourself from a massive fall that will ruin everything that you have put the time and effort in to build. And you won't lose your family. You won't lose your income either. This is The Ken Coleman Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, one way to win at work is to do work that you care deeply about. Like you actually give a crap about it. It's meaningful. But what do you do? How do you do that? Well, you got to dig. You got to figure out what is that? What is in my heart? So I ask people all the time, who are the people you really want to help? So you got to spend time on that. So how would you spend maybe an extra hour a day? Is it about reading a book, listening to a podcast like this or something else? Is it a new skill? Is it coffee with a mentor? Is it yoga? Maybe, maybe not. But can I make a suggestion? If this is about the heart and doing meaningful work, I think therapy can help you find what really matters to you. Your life, your life experience, environment you grew up in, pains, victories, that shapes your heart. And if you're thinking about therapy as, well, I just got to have something really bad going on in my life, I think you're missing it. I want you to try better help. Just try it. Therapy isn't just for people who are going through trauma. It's really great for awareness, self-awareness, to be able to build skills, to take that awareness and transfer it into work that really matters to you. And boy, will that change your life and your income. BetterHelp's awesome because they're flexible enough to fit your busy schedule. And it's all online. You fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no cost. Listen, folks, I do regular therapy. I can't endorse it enough. It's about awareness, and awareness is a superpower. So make time for what makes you happy. Use your time with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken.
All right, of the people, by the people, for the people, this is my my personal moniker because I I attempt to give you plain spoken opinion on the economy and how it will affect you because if you're watching the cable shows, uh, you're going to get one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle and it is fraught with the parties that those networks tend to lean towards and it's a lot of talking points as opposed to talking straight. So I want to talk straight with you. In my hands, an article from CNN on this economic buzzword that is being floated around called immaculate disinflation. So if you haven't heard this, let me explain the term because what it means is actually more relevant to you and your pocketbook and your lifestyle than the term itself. The term is 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 now being used to describe a scenario where inflation cools without causing a spike in unemployment. Now, let's go back for a second to explain that. Immaculate as in it's a miracle, right? Oh, disinflation is going to happen without a lot of pain. That's the theory here, okay? So let's go back to Jerome Powell and his very public comments. All over the news, you can go find them. Uh, all the way back to 21, 22, when the economy was just heating up like crazy, and we saw inflation take off and roar and roar and roar and stay there and stay there and stay there. And so he said, look, uh, we've got to raise interest rates because in doing so, we will cool inflation And understand that a part of this process is there's going to be some pain in the form of unemployment. And he came out and said, I want to see unemployment jump up. And we've been hovering at a historically low unemployment rate for quite some time in the threes. And so he said, look, we may see it get to 5%, uh, 6% unemployment. That's painful, but it is a necessary outcome that will be tied to our strategies and efforts to lower inflation. Okay, so that's what he's been saying. Well, so that hasn't happened. The jobs report just came out recently, and again, very, very sturdy job market. Still more jobs available than people unemployed, so that's where we sit. So where are we at on inflation? Has inflation cooled? Yes. Has it cooled enough? No, not in my opinion. Uh, inflation is cooled from a peak of 9.1% in June of 2022 to 3.2% in July of this year. So inflation was at 9.1%, summer 22, and summer 23, 3.2%. So that is good news. Yet, if we look at the unemployment rate, the unemployment rate fell from 3.6% in June of 22 to 3.5% of 23 the current rate is 3.8% unemployment. So again, you know, very historically low numbers, very, very low. So while inflation has cooled, the job market hasn't gotten worse. Unemployment has not spiked. All right. So some economists have floated this phrase out that, oh, we're going to have, and sometimes you hear in the media say soft landing. Well, is that true? Well, the Fed officials themselves aren't celebrating uh, and they won't until they see inflation hit the central bank's 2% target. And Jerome Powell has been very clear, wants to see inflation drop to 2%. That's the target, and stay there. 
So getting there without a spike in unemployment would be a miracle in Jerome Powell's eyes. Even President Joe Biden's top economic advisor, uh, Jared Bernstein, expressed skepticism about this. So he said, I wouldn't call this disinflation immaculate. There is a good question as to what's around the corner at the last mile, and I think that's true. So that brings us to where we sit today. Okay, So stock market turned down for the year. If you look across the total year, down. Treasury yields up. A lot of signs now that a recession is, in fact, very possible in 2024. And I'm going to tell you, when companies hear the R word, they start laying people off. We saw mass layoffs in technology uh, earlier this year, in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter of last year. And, and so then it gets painful. We also have student loan payments back online. They're due as of October 1. We are seeing signs that real estate, housing prices continue to inch up. We are approaching 8% on the mortgage, on a 30-year mortgage. We have seen signs like Airbnb having a hard time putting renters in homes. A lot of people took that Fed money, that money that was flying around in the form of unemployment, PPP loans, a lot of liquid in the economy from the Fed. And what'd they do? Well, they watched too many Instagram videos and they went and bought real estate, a home with zero down and said, ah, I'll just turn it into an Airbnb. I'll get rich. And now Airbnb's numbers, not mine. There's a glut of homes that are available and people aren't renting. Uh-oh, what does that mean? It means people have two mortgage payments or they've got rent payment plus a mortgage payment. and No one's renting. Maybe those same very people I don't know. Possible. Got to start paying the student loan back. Haven't paid it off in two or three years. Uh-oh. We got a cash crunch. And then with a recession potentially looming, layoffs happen. What happens next? Uh-oh. People are filing bankruptcy. The housing market flooded with foreclosures. Uh-oh. So, immaculate disinflation? I think this is preposterous. I don't know who comes up with this stuff. Now, if you're a football fan, you know about the immaculate reception. Franco Harris, the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the great miracle catches of all time. Immaculate reception, yes, Nathan. I mean, but not immaculate disinflation. This is nonsense. This is the kind of stuff these headlines lull people into a false sense of of security, and when I say security, I really say security quotes. Their form of security is, I'm secure to keep on spending on the credit card. I'm secure to keep living on paycheck to paycheck mentality. I buy what I want to buy, when I want to buy it, and I'll figure it out next month. And I'm telling you folks, that's a problem. So, yes, it's a buzzword, But I don't think we're going to have that. Right now, everything's rolling along. 
But the disinflation isn't happening fast enough for Jerome Powell because he's already signaled they're going to raise rates more. So those rates aren't going to drop anytime soon. If you want to know what the outlook is on housing mortgage rates, look at the Treasury yield. There's your sign. If it goes up, so do mortgage rates. So pay attention to this stuff. And don't assume that Joe or Donald are going to bail you out. They're not. In a recession, what companies do is they cut costs. And the number one cost that companies have is employees, which means they will cut employees. So I'm sitting there going, if I want to be recession-proof, I got to have some cash. I got to lower my expenses. So if I have to scrap by with two or three part-time jobs while I'm looking for the next full-time job, then I'm not relying on any kind of bailout. I'm not relying on a juiced-up unemployment benefit. Because if we have mass layoffs in the form of a serious recession in 2024 and beyond, I don't think you're going to see what we saw during COVID, where you saw juiced up unemployment benefits coming from the federal government and the state. I don't think the government's going to do that again. Too much liquid. It was abused. People didn't want to go back to work. We're still recovering from it. So I tell you all that to say, when you read headlines like this, don't get lulled into a false sense of safety. You do the interpretation, you read the tea leaves, listen to what I'm telling you, and shore yourself up for a rainy day. This is The Ken Coleman Show. You were created to fill a unique role. You are needed. You must do it. And if you're going, Ken, I agree with that, but I I need help. I don't know what that role is. I've got you covered. The Get Clear Work Assessment has helped tens and tens and thousands of people get the clarity they need on what that role is and where they can find it. It's a self-awareness measurement tool that will maybe for the first time of your life, make you crystal clear on what you're really good at doing. That's talent. The work that you enjoy, that's passion. And then the results of work that get you motivated. No one has to motivate you. You are on fire to see these results come to life. That's a sense of mission. You want to learn about it, uh, get it. KenColeman.com slash assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment may be a great gift for that friend or family member who is struggling and stuck. Okay. Gen Z, here they come. They are already in the workforce. They're going to continue to move in, and they are very different, as is every generation has different iterations on how they view work, how they do work. And so this is interesting stuff right here. Certainly if you're a parent of Gen Z as it relates to giving advice, this is good information. If you are a coworker uh, who may, may be mentoring a Gen Z or working with someone, you want to kind of have a better relationship. You kind of go, what language are they speaking? This is important for you. And certainly if you're leading a Gen Z, this is important to understand. This comes from Adobe. Uh, Their latest Adobe Future Workforce Study that looks at the career motivations and expectations of Gen Z. Uh, And so uh, the goal here is to understand their perspective on work and behaviors that drive 
their decision making along work uh, as they as it looks at work. So this is important stuff. So here we go. I'm going to go through some high level stuff here. All right. So let's talk about AI, artificial intelligence, going to shape work more than anything else. Going to disrupt the workplace already is. It's going to continue to do so. How do they see it? Uh, they are very tech savvy, as you know. I mean, these kids had a phone in their hands when they were six months old at you know Applebee's or wherever you went. Uh, but they are measured when it comes to AI. They're not all in. They're measured. They're split on whether they want to embrace AI in the workplace with 48% saying they feel prepared for their employer to adopt AI in everyday work. Only 35% said their organizations have implemented guidelines on AI in the workplace. Half admitted to using the technology to aid their work. Only 23% expressed excitement about its use in the workplace. Now, that to me was very interesting. Only 23% of Gen Z saying, yeah, I'm pretty excited about AI. It's very interesting. Is it because they actually crave some human contact in the form of assistance and guidance? I think so. Because this generation has been coddled more than any other generation by their parents. It's not their fault. They're not the bad guys. But they've been coddled. They've been rewarded for participation. And I think they're going, I kind of need that. we got to wean them off of it. But they need it. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Gen Z aspires to do meaningful work. Again, not exclusive to their generation. Every person on the planet aspires to do meaningful work. They may not say it that way. Uh, But this group is very values-based. 89% say they are comfortable with providing feedback to their peers and colleagues. Now, this is is very good. They want to make a difference. In other words, they want their voice to matter. And that's why you're so high right here. 89% 89% saying, hey, I'm willing to tell my coworker to shape up or ship out. They're comfortable. They want to be called on in the meeting. Why? Because they want to matter. They want to make a difference. 70% are eager to grow, but not just in their impact. They are thinking big. C-suite. 69% said they feel good about opportunities for growth in their company so that's good i don't know if that exists or they're just really optimistic i based on what i see uh, i think they're more optimistic than they are realistic but that's okay we all are when we're that age 50 percent ranked no clear path to promotion is one of the top reasons they leave a job and again not exclusive to this generation but i think they're more sensitive to do i see a ladder because if i don't i'm out And I think they're much more willing to leave if they don't see a ladder quick enough. Gen Z is, uh, to my earlier point, Gen Z is hungry for mentorship and development. 83% saying a workplace mentor is crucial for their career. But only 52% say they have a mentor. Huge opportunity here, companies. Despite career development being seemingly top of mind, 55% 55% said they only participate in career development training programs less than a month. Again, hello, companies. Hello, leaders. Massive opportunity right here. Let's just pause for a moment. Create an in-office mentorship program. Someone older, successful, connect them to these young, 
studs and studettes. Immediately get them connected to a mentor. And then make sure that you are pouring into them. It doesn't have to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Get them in a book club. Make them listen to good podcasts and review it. Put them in a group learning cohort. They want to learn. They want to grow. Feed them. That's not a bad thing. Uh, 84% believe their current employer is hitting the mark in regard to being a good corporate citizen. This is the only thing that makes me a little nervous. They're so values-driven that they want their corporation to get involved politically, take big stands, big donations, all that. Um, but that, but but they are values driven, and so they want to tie their beliefs to their company, and that to me is a little bit unrealistic. And I think it's honestly wrong. Here's my point: I think companies ought to be in the business of taking care of their customer, not informing their customer on social issues or political issues. Ask Bud Light if they do it all over again. Just make cheap beer. That that's it. Hey, ask Disney if they do it all over again. I think I know what they'd tell you, but I think privately, old Bob Iger has some regrets, Nathan. You ready for this? I saw this this morning. Disney's stock price, you ready for this, is lower than it was 14 years ago. Could you imagine if, I, if I'd have bought stock 14 years ago and somebody who said, hey, I, I don't know that I'd invest in Disney because I don't think it's going to go up for 15 years. I told you you were out of your mind. Why? Because Disney's got into social issues instead of fun, consumable content. I want to watch an elephant fly. I don't want to see a classic completely rewritten with all kinds of social issues tied to it. Nobody wants that. So this issue, got to be careful. Because Gen Z's going, well, I want my CEO to speak out on this public political issue. No. That's how you lose customers quick. So, here's what we take away. Uh, well, before I move on on that, as leaders, you need to understand they care about those things. So sit down with them and go, look, we want you to have a voice. We want you to be very active politically. We want you to volunteer, get involved in causes. We support that, but we are not going to be single issue. We're not going to get involved in that stuff as a company because we're going to provide this service to all of our customers, whether they're on the right, the left, or right down the middle. That's what we're going to do. So that's how you do that. As it relates to mentorship and development, I already told leaders, look, get them a mentor, get them connected to older people so that they can begin to receive and 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 win. Like, get some wins because they listen to somebody older, more successful. And they go, wait, this is good. I, I knew I wanted some guidance, but guidance really works. And then again, uh, on AI, don't shove it down their throat. They're very creative. Uh, instead of relying on a machine to do it, see what they come up with. They're very in tune with values and feelings. They're very talented. I would trust a young person, a Gen Zer, all day long over AI because of the human touch. So there you go. Good stuff there. Listen, Gen Z is here. Let's not ostracize them. Let's include them. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. 
For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.